At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. All right, back here in the NFL betting preview show, week 16. This is also a recap show because we're in the middle of uh, week 16. Scott Spritzer, Matt Humans here from the uh, VEASAN studio inside the Circa Sportsbook on Christmas Eve. Hopefully you have some winners stuck in your stocking and you didn't bet the Eagles and the Patriots today, <laughs> like me. Anyway, I'm not going to harp on that. It's going to last a I'm going to move past it? that and try to have a happy <laughs> Christmas. Okay. <laughs> Let's recap some of the games uh, from Saturday. And, Scott, I'm going to start in Chicago, where the weather did not play a big role in this game, but the Buffalo Bills fell behind early. And it looked like uh, they might be in jeopardy of, uh, I think, having to sweat this one out against Justin Fields and mm-hmm. the Bears. But they pulled away and blew out the Bears in the second half to win 35-13. Outscored the Bears 29-3 after the half. And uh, Josh Allen, uh, with a big game today, after throwing two picks, he actually uh, accounted for three total touchdowns. And the the Bills get the win to move to 12-3. And And that sets up a showdown in Cincinnati against the Bengals next week. And we're talking about high stakes because the AFC's top seed is going to be on the line. You saw what happened to that game, though. I mean, you look at Chicago, you get a nice ground game out of Montgomery, mm-hmm. but the passing game is so lacking, and I'm not just blaming Fields, but the weaponry that he's got to work with. Sure. He throws 23, 24 passes, and he doesn't even reach 120 yards uh, through the air. And so you got this great ground game. You think you can open things up a little bit with passing lanes, and they just can't do it. I thought the second-half play calling by the Buffalo Bills coaches was really outstanding. I really did. 
And one of the things that I took from today's game is they ran for a bunch of yards. They had 205 yards on a single Terry and Cook. Uh, they, those two combined for 23 carries. And Josh Allen, I believe, only ran the ball six times in that game. And I thought that was great. They were handing off the ball. They weren't calling Josh Allen to run with the football sure. too much in this mm-hmm. one. And, you know, I want Josh Allen to maybe get three or four called carries unless it's a quarterback sneak throughout the course of a game. And then maybe he gets three or four carries when he's scrambling under a little bit of pressure. So he combines that for maybe seven, eight carries per contest rather than 16, 17, 18 carries. So I thought the play calling was fantastic. They were wearing down Chicago, even though the first half was a little bit sketchy. And they just kept handing the ball off to those two guys, Singletary and Cook, and they ran for over 200 yards combined. I I really thought they did well. So, uh, again, the less Josh Allen has to run the football and this team can win, the better as they get ready for the postseason. I cannot wait for the Bills-Cincy game. I can't wait to watch that. But, uh, again, it's not always that we sit here and we talk about really good play calling for a half of football. But Mm -hmm. we saw that out of the Buffalo Bills staff in the second half. I've been saying that since last year, too. Be careful about how much you run Josh Allen because he's going to get beat up. Uh, but they didn't do that much today. Six carries, 41 yards, but the Bills on the ground, 254 yards. And uh, the Bears, Justin Fields, 15 for 23, 119, one touchdown, no picks. He was sacked twice, only seven rushing attempts for 11 yards. And uh, one reason I did not bet the Bears this week, and I was talking about this last night, Justin Fields has had to carry this offense, and he's got a, a weak offensive line in front of him. Not many playmakers around him, even though I do like David Montgomery. Uh, and you wonder at what point he was going to take too much of a physical pounding where he's going to wear down and he can't carry the offense every week. And the Bears had 209 total yards today, Scott. That's yeah. it. So, yeah, uh, 160 of that on the ground on a Montgomery or whatever he ran for. It was, <clears throat> it was crazy numbers that he put up. And that shows you that he might be worried out of it when you talk about fields because mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's not carrying the ball 25 times. It's just a situation where I think they ought to really do their best to not call his number, only let him scramble when he absolutely has to and save this guy for next season. Well, they're three they're and 12. Load up. Right? Exactly, three and 12. You're going to load up. you got a huge room as far as your the money you can spend in this upcoming season, off season. Mm-hmm. You go up and you build around him. You get a couple of targets, a tight end, a couple of wide receivers, maybe one decent, really solid wide receiver, and all of a sudden he can do his thing. But, man, you don't want to get him banged up too much in the last few weeks when you're out of it by far. Uh, and by the way, a lot of folks who bet the under and the wins total just cashed their ticket. They can't cash it till the end of the season, but they just wrapped it up with Chicago uh, no longer able to top any wins totals. I believe that they came, even yeah. when it came down. Yeah, I bet the Bears under, cashed that. Yep. I bet the Cowboys under, lost that one. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Cowboys how, are messing you up. How many, how many people <laughs> thought the Cowboys left, left the Cowboys for dead after week one when Dak Prescott broke his thumb and yeah. they looked so bad in that game against the Buccaneers? A field goal in that game. Yeah, you know? that was it. Uh, by the way, the Bears receiving core today, why do you need to make moves from free agency in the draft, Scott, when you've got Velas Jones and Byron Pringle <laughs> as your top two wide receivers? How are they only 3-12? and 12? <laughs> I don't It's know. amazing. The Bears are going to look a lot different this season, but you're right. At this point, when you're 3-12, and 12, do you need to keep putting Justin Fields on, on the field to take a pounding? I'm not sure you do. But anyway, more relevant to the discussion is, uh, Scott, you make numbers a week in advance. Did you make a number on Bills at Bengals yet? I'm going to look it up here because it would have been before these games even kicked off, so let me look and see if I – That's a pretty significant game. No lines up yet, right? You Uh, see any lines? I mean, don't tell me what it is. There was a look-ahead line at the uh, the Westgate on that game. Okay, so I made Cincy two. Yeah. 
I see Cincy uh, one and a half. Okay, but. so I'm right there. I got to find reasons to play that mm-hmm. game. This might be one of those games that everybody's betting on, and I'm sitting back watching, enjoying the game because we'll see how the line moves. But you know, my number, which is made last week uh, at two, is pretty close, obviously, to sure. that number. So, uh, and again, the Buccaneers have paid off the betting public week after week after right. week. Or excuse me, the Bengals, the Bengals have. Yeah. Bengals yep. have. The Buccaneers have uh, paid them <laughs> off. You've been betting against them. Absolutely. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> plenty of. All right, so. Uh, Bills put down the Bears 35-13. to 13. It looked like the Bears were going to be live dogs early in that game, uh, but that was not the case. Uh, let's go move on. Um, I want to talk to you about the game in Cleveland because mm. on the Friday night show, we had a few cappers on the Browns. And I liked the Saints a little bit in the game, and I thought it was going to be an Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill type of game where the Saints were going to really run the ball at that below-average Browns run defense. Uh, but, of course, the Browns jumped ahead 10-0. looked like they were going to be in control of the game. The Saints were back. And uh, two touchdowns in the second half, hold the Browns scoreless and win the game 17-10. to But it stays under that low total yeah. of 32. <laughs> and uh, no matter how, if you think a total looks too low, if you watch this game today, uh, yeah, it was uh, never really threatened to get over. I mean, you could say there was a play here or there, and if it goes your way, you could have got over the total. But... 27 points on the board, and the Browns punchless on offense, aside from that little flurry in the second quarter. Deshaun Watson didn't do a whole lot, 135 yards passing, 24 yards rushing, and uh, the Saints get a decent game out of Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill uh, to pull out the win and improve to 6-9. and The Browns are not going to the playoffs. I, I didn't bet this game, Matt, but one of the reasons I, I kind of leaned towards Cleveland was I thought that you know the Saints would do too much of that crazy stuff with the non-traditional kind of looks and Taysom Hill and all that garbage. That's what and, I expected, too. Yeah, yeah. and I thought it, it just wouldn't happen for him. I was looking at this. It was I don't know, I think it was early second quarter. Uh, the Saints had 55 total yards. The Cleveland Browns had 40. And yet Cleveland, Cleveland was winning that game. And so the offense never really got going for the Cleveland Browns. And after seeing last week on the show that we saw a little bit out of, Desha- out of Deshaun Watson and he looked like he was kind of like as the game wore on in his first start, that he looked like he was getting closer to being ready to be a starting quarterback again. Maybe not quite there yet, but then I watched a little bit of that game today, and I'm like, boy, he's just lost out there. It looked like that was his first game. He uh, completed less than 50% of his passes. He didn't look like he had much command in the game and threw a pick in the contest. But how about, you know, I really, I also felt that if Nick Chubb gets 25, 24, 25 carries, they're going to probably win this game. It might be close. It might be 2016, 2017. He got 24 carries, got 92 yards, and they still couldn't do anything based off of him getting two dozen carries. And listen, the Saints only finished with 244 yards, but they kept Cleveland from scoring in the second half, and they won the football game. All right, the uh, Titans, actually, by the way, Chris the Bear Felica, the leader in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational, he played the Saints plus three as his best bet. So uh, the Bear keeps rolling on his uh, best bets. There were two guys in the contest who played the Titans as a best bet. That did not work out so well. Mm-hmm. Titans led 14-10, to 10, outscored 9-0 in the fourth quarter, and Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll pilot the uh, Texans to a 19-4 to win at Nashville, and uh, that's a costly loss for the Titans. Right now it sets up where the Jaguars are the favorites to win the AFC South. Yeah, Houston, one offensive touchdown, one defensive touchdown, two field goals, but Tennessee's offense, again, is a disaster. Yeah. And the Houston defense played well, but they didn't see much in this game. I mean, Malik Willis was bad. 4.3 yards per pass, two interceptions, five straight losses for this team now, and they've covered zero. They've gone 0-4-1 against the spread. They held them to 272 yards. A little ticked off at myself because 
our Wednesday night discussion that Amick Morty and I had about who we were going to use as our five plays this week. He really liked Houston. I didn't play Tennessee, but I said, let's, let's stay away from Houston. So I got to give him credit. That was a big play for him on the Texans. I think that was like his second biggest play today. Uh, but again, I didn't see that coming. And, and, you know, it looked like they were going to be the wrong side. It looked like Tennessee was going to jump out early and get the win. But boy, when you got Willis at quarterback, who's not ready for the NFL, it, it's just not going to happen for you often. And he just had a bad game. It's interesting. The Titans had that stretch where they went seven and one straight up, eight and zero against the spread, and since then they've dropped five in a row. Yeah, five in a row, and four and one against a number. They're going to drop out of the playoffs as well. Malik Willis, fourteen for twenty three, ninety nine yards, two picks, four sacks, and that nineteen to four loss to the Texans, who are now two twelve and one on the season. Derrick Henry had twenty three carries for one hundred and twenty six yards and a forty eight yard run early in the game, and it looked like. Derrick Henry might make the difference and uh, carry the Titans to victory, but it didn't happen. And uh, now that team's in bad shape heading down the stretch one. I, I, I would think your money's got to be on the Jaguars to win the division. Sure, I would I would go that way now because you don't have enough. I mean, there's just no balance to this team. It's run the football, and, and they don't have a quarterback, whether it's Tannehill who's healthy, especially if Willis has to play. And it looks like Tannehill's out for the season. Did I say yes, that correctly? Yes. So. You've got a situation where they just don't have a quarterback who can throw the football with consistency. As of yesterday, Jacksonville was minus 150 to win that division. And uh, as of now, the price is going up. It's going up. Absolutely. Because uh, (laughs) the Titans are in uh, a tough spot. All right, let's take a break. Hopefully we can hook up with uh, Mike Pritchard. Our first pass to him fell incomplete. We're still trying to search for Pritch downfield. And uh, we'll catch up with him to talk. Uh, Broncos, Rams, and a lot more. Stay tuned. Back here in a couple minutes on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get in on the football action this season with the Hulu Plus Live TV Football Extravaganza. Compete free for a share of $55,000 in two ways. Predict what will happen in three college football pools. Then make your picks for eight fantasy NFL contests. Go to DraftKings.com slash Hulu NFL now to play free. Hulu and Live TV like cable only better. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. DraftKings.com for details. All right, the Sunday Bet Prep Show. Matt, you and Scott Sprites are back here at the v studio at the Circa downtown Las Vegas. Scott, let's continue to look at uh, some of the results uh, from Saturday's games. And did you have any action on the Giants-Vikings games? Uh, two teams that sharper betters have believed are phony for a few <laughs> months now. Yeah, I think Minnesota is, but they just keep winning this way. It's like 10 wins all by one possession. And uh, they, you know, I think their point differential is like that of a 500 football team of a team that's right split down the middle, wins and losses for the most part. I didn't have action on the game at uh, mistakes, including having that punt blocked down 17-16 with about four minutes to go in the game, hurt the Giants' chances. Yet they still had a chance in overtime before a 61-yard field goal was made by uh, Greg Joseph. But uh, here's the thing, and I, I, I saw Strahan talking about this after the game in their in-studio show. And he, he actually said what I was thinking as I watched the second-to-last play, which was a pass by Minnesota, by Cousins, at their own 40 to get into field goal range. It was a 17-yard gain. And they blitzed. They brought the blitz right up the middle. He just dumps a little screen pass. 17 yards later, they're kicking a 61-yard field goal for the win. So I thought it was a weird play call out of a coaching staff led by Dable, who's done well this season, sure. play calling and getting guys ready for games, making adjustments, all of that. But uh, – I thought that was a little odd. You blitzed, you got burned because you left a guy open in the flat and they got in a field goal range. But I got to say something, okay? We just saw Greg Joseph kick a 61-yarder that cleared the crossbar by probably four or five yards. Can we go back to kicking a real football? It seems like every freaking week we've got a 62-yard, 61-yard field goal late in a game, and they're using that football that even like, I, I know watching if you watch Peyton and Eli Manning on Monday nights, laughing about the fact, don't even try to throw that football you know, it's not a an actual game football, as most people know. It's a, a football used for kickers, and it's like all we see are 58-yard field goals being made like it's nothing. Guys kicking 60-yarders, clearing the crossbar by five yards. It just bothers me, man. I just mm-hmm. It bothered me when it happened. I had no action on the game, and I'm like, well, put a real football on the field and let these guys actually kick an actual football again instead of this kicker's football that they've been using for the past few years. Uh, by the way, Nick Folk of the uh, Patriots missed two extra points today. There you go. If you had the real football, <laughs> you are not going to let it go, are you? He's, 
<laughs> he's been one of the most reliable kickers in the league the last three years. If it was a 60-yard huh? extra point, he would have made it. Uh, he probably would have made a 50-yarder. <laughs> he can't make an extra point. The Vikings score 17 points in the fourth quarter to rally to win that game, uh, 27-24. And uh, I did not have a play on the game. Did you see either. the blitz, though, on the second to yeah. last? Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm like, uh, why would you blitz there? I have it no idea. Blew me away. There's anyway. a lot of things you see over the course of these games. You're scratching your head and say, why, why would you do that? And these are decisions made by NFL coaches. These are supposed to be the best and brightest of the field, right. and they do things that are so dumb They'll leave you dumbfounded. And, and even worse, it came from a coach who's pushed all the right buttons almost Brian, all season. Right. Brian Dable's been away. good. You yep. don't expect that's out of character for him, but you, some of these guys, you expect it. Yep. How about the fake pump by the Buccaneers a week ago? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Or Nathaniel Hackett since he took the job. My gosh. Anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, Chiefs Seahawks. And uh, the dog was not live here. Chiefs led 17-3 to at the half and coasted to a win 24 24- to 10 business as usual uh, for the Chiefs 14 point win as 10 point favorites. Yeah, they snapped that uh, spread skid. What were they on? Like an 0 6 and 1 yep. ATS slide before that. Seattle's defense not good, and the offense doesn't have the players to make up for it at this point of the season. And, you know, I looked at the halftime score of 17 3. The yardage at the time was 2 to 1, or a little bit better than that in favor of the Chiefs. Seattle's now lost 5 of 6, including all six against the spread. Uh, they've scored 47 points in the last three games combined. And we kind of talked about it. It was either last week or the week before that we're finally starting to see the Seattle team that we thought we were going to see before the season began. And then they won a few early games. You had a quarterback in Geno Smith who was playing his best football of his career, playing excellent football. Remember, there was like outside talk, and it was kind of maybe tongue-in-cheek for some. But some were actually saying, this guy's hanging around MVP talk. Mm -hmm. And his odds had dropped, and he was actually in the running, so to speak. Never thought he would get there. But it took a while for this team to finally start playing the way we thought they would. And that means a bad defense, an offense that can't make up for a bad defense. And not that the Chiefs went nuts so today, but in that ice-cold air at Arrowhead Stadium where I think the real field temp at kickoff was like negative one, they did enough to get the job done. And, and if you could score 20 on Seattle right now, they're going to have a, a hard time covering a, a three- or four-point spread because I don't know that they can get over 14 against just about anybody right now. Uh, let's go to Baltimore, where Lamar Jackson did not play. Tyler Huntley, 9 for 17, 115 yards. The good news for him, he had a TD, no picks, no sacks. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins combined for 23 carries, 158 yards, and that's enough to get the Ravens to win and cover under the total of 35, 17-9 as a 6.5-point favorite. I ended up not needing to do it, but I did tease the Ravens down uh, in, in one that teaser. I had him with Carolina, who didn't need the, uh, the teaser either. But uh, it was, I was a little concerned in the second half. There were times when it looked like Baltimore was going to not win this football game at all, let alone cover. Yeah. Uh, but 15 first downs, 299 total yards. Huntley only went 9 of 17, a buck 15 through the air. But what he did do is he didn't make any mistakes. It was all good game management for the most part. He got the one touchdown. Uh, no INTs. And as far as Ritter is concerned, they threw him into the mix, I think, last week and now this week. He struggled early, but he looked better, I thought, Matt, as the game progressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they had to do is they had to settle for three field goals. If, and they lined up to kick these field goals at the 15, the 17, and the 20. So they got into the red zone three times, but you're talking about a young quarterback who is not quite up to speed when it comes against the quickness of the NFL defenses. And because of that, they ended up kicking field goals. I was fortunate to get the the, uh, the teaser win 
with the Ravens because if you had a quarterback who's been around for a season, you probably turn at least one of those, if not two, into a touchdown. They were driving well. They'd get inside the red zone, and that would be that. So, uh, But anyway, Baltimore goes on to get the win. I think Ritter's got a chance to be a decent quarterback yeah. maybe a year or two down the road. Yeah, he's not ready uh, to win right now, that's for sure, and neither are the Falcons. They're 1-6 and six in their last seven games. Right. So after that uh, surprisingly positive start, they are now 5-10 and 10 on the season. I'm going to hold back the Lions-Panthers result because uh, very significant to what's uh, unfolding in the Circus Survivor Contest. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that later in the show. Uh, let's wrap up 49ers-Commanders, San Francisco 37-20. to Scott, this game was tied at the half. It was not looking so hot for yeah. Brock Purdy, but the Niners pull away and win, and it flies over the total. What I liked about it was they kept playing Niner football. Uh, Shanahan didn't switch off and say, okay, Purdy's not having a good game. He's finally run into a defense that's been able to maybe see enough film on him and read what he does to shut him down. He was four for nine in the first half and mm-hmm. just didn't look good, and, and the offense was bogging down. But they kept doing what they do, the Niners on offense, and they came out firing to start the second half. I think he was 11 for 13 on his first 13 second half passes, and he was going through his progressions. What I like about Brock Purdy, and man, this guy doesn't look like Mr. Irrelevant. He looks like a a second-round type of pick. When you watch his eyes, I mean, he's all over the field. He's checking out of the routes. He's going through progressions, and he never gets flustered when things start to break down. He's got wheels. There was a great incompletion. I've never said that, I don't think, ever before (laughs) in my life. There was a great incompletion in that game when the game was still on the balance before the Niners were able to – uh, turn it into a double-digit lead where it was, let's say, like second down and 10. They were inside their own 40, and he's on a scramble, and he scrambles all the way back to about his own 25. He's being chased down. He's going to get caught, and instead of doing what a lot of quarterbacks or even veterans nowadays would do, throwing across his body into coverage and getting it picked, he was able to actually spin around, almost do a pirouette, and fire the ball about 25 yards downfield out of bounds. It was an incredible incompletion, and it saved the drive, and it saved them from a potential interception it was like watching a three or four year veteran make that decision and make the move that he did not just to avoid the sack but not to throw it into danger the guy's a heady dude man i mean this this is not a fluke what brock purdy's doing right now matt as far as i'm concerned do you think brock purdy has what it takes i mean playoff pressure is going to be a little bit different do you you think how confident are you because i love the niners as a team and right um can a rookie quarterback take him to the Super Bowl? I don't think so. And, and it's because of the quickness. You hear it all the time, you know, and, and you work with some guys who've played in the league. And, you know, you talk about the quickness level from college to preseason NFL, from preseason NFL to what you see in regular season games. And then it's yet another notch. you got to shift gears up a notch when it comes to the postseason as mm-hmm. far as being able to read defenses quickly and avoid what defenses are doing. It's that extra speed that I think will end up costing Brock Purdy if he has to start in the postseason you know next year when he gets used to it the year after he might do great things in the postseason but i can't trust a rookie quarterback who has not yet seen that kind or that level of speed when it comes to playoff football i go back to uh the eagles buccaneers playoff game sure at the end of last season and jalen hurts looked overmatched in that game this just kicks up yeah and how much better does he look now oh man you know it does the experience of playing in the nfl makes a big difference and brock purdy uh, looks pretty good right now. It could be different in the playoffs, but the Niners get the win and uh, cover 37-20 to 20 over the Washington Commanders. Quick break. We come back. We're going to shift gears and talk a little college football with Chris the Bear Felica. This is 
Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. College bowl season is here. VSIN has you covered. Go to vsin.com, check out all the bowl betting coverage while you're there. Now's a great time to become a VSIN Pro subscriber. Only $79, and you get access to everything we do from now all the way through the Big Dance in March. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott, we got two playoff games coming up on New Year's Eve. Georgia, a six and a half point favorite over Ohio State, and Michigan, a seven and a half point favorite over TCU. Those are the lines here at Circuit Sports. Do you have plays on either playoff game? I'll start by saying this that both of these games, I've got real close to where the number is as far as my power ratings are concerned. Mm-hmm. I have Michigan uh, eight and a half over TCU, and it's a situation where I think Jim Harbaugh has turned the corner, and we kind of talked about that after the Ohio State game. He could change things up quite a bit, and that we've seen him be able to do it, get away with it. I think he can do that against TCU. All right, let's hear from Chris DeBearfalica. Talked to him last night on the uh, Circa Friday Football Invitational Show. Chris DeBearfalica, who for now is with ESPN, soon to be with Fox Sports, and uh, right now leading the Circa Friday Football Invitational by virtue of the tiebreaker against Doug Kazarian and uh, the Bear at 45 and 30 against the spread 11 and 4 on his best bets. Uh, Bear, college football bowl season is really interesting to handicap now because there's so many curveballs coming in uh, different directions in terms of uh, opt out, opt outs for the NFL draft, the transfer portal, coaching changes. Uh, but if you can get ahead of the information, and sometimes we, even if you're late to the party on the line moves, you're landing on the right side of these games. I've had a great bowl season so far. How's it gone for you? It's it's been pretty good today. I got today. I had a Louisiana, and that didn't work out so so well. Unfortunately, it looked like it was the right side for much of the game, and then Houston scored that late touchdown instead of just settling for a field goal to win the game. But hey, it happens. Uh, but but you're right. The, the information seemed to. I mean, uh, getting ahead of it on, on Oregon State, and obviously it didn't even matter. Didn't work out with uh, with with SMU. But yeah, they they're, they're this bowl season's been uh, pretty good so far. A lot of it's been uh, of the in-game variety for me. Like that, that's kind of what I would hop hop it in on Louisville uh, against Cincinnati was a was, was a nice result. Uh, for me as well, because you, kind of, you kind of got the feeling early on in that game that Cincinnati was going to be up against its scoring points. So, uh, yeah. yeah, in in, in game in game has been uh, it's, it's been pretty good for me. And then uh, the early the early action on uh, on Oregon State was great as well. Yeah, Cincinnati was a lost cause in that game, and you could see it early. Good call for you, and that was the uh, the Fenway Bowl, and uh, played in front of a, a sparse crowd at Fenway Park. Let's put it that way. All right. <laughs> Long-time ESPN College Game Day producer Chris DeBerfalica with us. Let's get to your two plays this week in the College Bowls. And uh, we're going to start on Tuesday, Georgia Southern Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl. That's in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. And you're going to play Georgia Southern and lay the three and a half. I, I, I am. I like Georgia Southern quite a bit in this game. Uh, if you look at Buffalo, the way they ended the season, uh, needing that near miracle win against Akron to even get bowl eligible, uh, Buffalo is a team that has been decimated by uh, injuries and, and opt outs uh, in, in, the, in the backfield, whether it be the quarterback position and the running back position. So they're really not heading into this game on a very good uh, trajectory at all after a good start to the year. And then the other, on the other side, you got Georgia Southern who put up 51 in the final regular season game 
against Appalachian State. Uh, former Buffalo quarterback Kyle Van Trees is their guy uh, at the quarterback position, and he appears to be healthy now after a little bit of an injury late in the year. But uh, I think Georgia Southern's the right side. I think uh, you look at what they've done offensively when they've had all their pieces together. It's been pretty good, and I know the Mac has had a, uh, a good bowl season so far, but I just don't like uh, this matchup at all for Buffalo against uh, Clay Helton's offense there. Which, you know, Clay, they, it was kind of laughed at and mocked uh, that Clay Helton was going to get and Southern. And they pulled, pulled it up, set at Nebraska early in the year, and they got to a bowl game, and I think they have a really, really good chance to end the year on a high note with the, uh, with the comfortable win over Buffalo. All right, Georgia Southern, minus three and a half. You're also going to take the three with Kansas against Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl, and that's on Wednesday in Memphis. Yeah, I, I am, and it's interesting. That tonight we saw it again with the uh, Wake Forest-Missouri uh, game. Uh, for whatever reason, last year, and I guess you can, you can think about it, and once you think about it, it, it becomes uh, understandable why it's happening. Like last year at bowl games, unranked SEC teams went 1-6. and six. So far this year, they're 0-2. Missouri lost and Florida lost. And I think the reason why is because you get all of these opt-outs from these SEC teams that now that they really have nothing to play for, uh, they're gone. So you're left with kind of a skeleton team. And also you know, maybe you get some, some coaching shakeups in that situation here with Arkansas. Uh, you, you, Barry Odom's now going to, going to UNLV. Uh, there's more shakeups in the coaching staff. KJ Jefferson's playing, but they're going to be gutted by opt-outs on, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, 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 Hazel, uh, Hazleton's not playing. Uh, Hazelwood, rather, uh, uh, the uh, wide receivers. So they, they've got a, I think Arkansas, I think, is one of those teams where there was such a, a disappointment in their mind this year. They might just be ready for this season to end. Whereas, on the other hand, you've got Kansas getting to a bowl for the first time in forever. A lot of excitement around the program. Lance, Lance Leipold is staying as the head coach. So I, I think this is certainly, uh, if you play the amateur psychologist role about uh, excitement and momentum heading into this game, uh, for me, it's Kansas or pass, certainly getting uh, the full three. I, I, I like the Jayhawks here. Yeah, the motivation's on the side of the Jayhawks for sure. Circus Sports open this Arkansas minus five on December 5th and it's down to three, and it's been sitting here for a while. So, uh, Chris Felica on Kansas plus three is his final plays on Panthers plus two and a half, Chiefs minus ten, Georgia Southern minus three and a half, Kansas plus three in the best bet tomorrow on the Saints plus three against the Browns. He's forty-five and thirty, eleven and four, and uh, the leader right now for the Brooklyn's best MVP award at eleven and four on his best bets. All right, Bear, let's get uh, your quick thoughts here. About final four minutes on some other bowl games. I'm going to be at the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. Uh, next Wednesday at Petco Park, a high total, 73, North Carolina, Oregon, and the Ducks, inflated favorites here, 15-point favorites. Uh, but you thought about laying the points in this contest, right? I, I did. This just missed uh, the, the, the board. It was 15 at circuit. It's 14 and a half, I think, uh, in a lot of places. Maybe if it was 14 and a half, I might have thrown it in there, in there instead of something. But I, I think the number is justified. I, I think if North Carolina was going to – show anything for the remainder of this year. It would have been uh, in the ACC title game against Clemson, who was as gettable as the Tigers have been in a long, long time. Uh, you, you lose a, a bad loss to Georgia Tech. You lose to NC State, who's playing their fourth-string quarterback. You've got 
what was a bad defense to begin with. You're now down, I think, three of your four secondary starters and your best linebacker. Uh, you, 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 you're down Josh Downs on the offensive side of the ball. There's some great players without his favorite target. And you wonder if he hit a little bit of maybe of a freshman wall uh, at the end of this year. I, I think Oregon, with that great, great class that they got coming in, uh, the way they lost to Oregon State kind of left a bad taste in their mouth, I think, in that final regular season game. Uh, the excitement about Bo Nix coming back and playing, I think, is a big deal. I, I do think this has the potential to, to get really ugly in this game. So uh, I didn't lay the lay the 15, but it would not surprise me if uh, if Oregon did put a big number up on the board against a, a Tar Heels team uh, leaking oil on both sides of the ball. Okay, and uh, the final two and a half minutes, how about your take on the two playoff games? Georgia, a six-and-a-half point favorite against Ohio State, total of 62, and Michigan, minus seven-and-a-half against TCU, total of 59. I'm trying to talk myself into Ohio State. Uh, I mean, look, about a month ago, we're sitting here, uh, maybe Georgia-Ohio State is a pick or one or two either way, and now because Ohio State had a bad fourth quarter at home against Michigan, uh, that number is six-and-a-half. But I don't know if I'm going to play. If I had to play the game, I would take the points with Ohio State just just because of uh, just the bad mouthing. We, we we've seen this happen with Ohio State in the past, mm-hmm. where uh, the big dog shouldn't even be in the playoffs, didn't win, the, didn't get to the conference title game, lost their final regular season game. Look, I mean, they still got a ton of talent on that on, on that team. Uh, the question is going to be whether they can stand up uh, in the trenches against that Georgia offensive line uh, and that running game, and then block. Uh, the, the Georgia defensive line on the other second. I think that's that's going to be the biggest matchup. I think in the game is uh, CJ Stroud not a very run first or even considering running a quarterback. Uh, I think that's going to play a little bit better into the Georgia defensive hands. They'll be able to show some different blitzes and some things where they don't have to account for quarterback run as much. So if I had to play the game, I would play Ohio State. Uh, the, the the other game is interesting too because I, I can make a case for TCU. I mean, with, with John. All right, that's Chris Bear Felica, the leader in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational, three and zero today in the NFL. He's now forty eight and thirty, and he won his best bet on the Saints uh, today. And I, I tend to agree with him. If I can get seven, I'll probably take it with Ohio State. I lean Michigan in the other game right now. Let's take a break. We come back. We're going to find out Scott Spreitzer's best bets for the NFL. Stay tuned. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts 
if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to get in the game. Don't miss a play with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. It's college bowl season. Log into Bet Rivers every day and receive a bet on behalf of Bet Rivers when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create the perfect college game day experience. Go to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on the action. BetRivers.com back here on the Sunday Bet Prep Show. Scott Spritzer, Matt Humans, and uh, NFL Week 16. We're in the middle of it right now. The eye of the storm. And Scott, you still have some best bets on the table for Sunday and Monday. Yeah, we we cashed uh, by the way a contest play on the Panthers. You got any sharp anything sharp in your hands or anything like that? Or no, right? I've tried okay. to stay away from sharp objects okay. today. Well, I just was going to say because I didn't want to, you know, say again that we had the Cowboys in the contest too. So, <laughs> so I wanted to make sure there was nothing there I could get hit with. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Panthers the Cowboys cash for us. We still got a couple of plays going on as far as the contest is concerned. Um, my top play this week in the NFL was also a whisper at the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, But I still have Green Bay going on. Uh, excuse me, Miami. I've said Green Bay twice. I'm getting a little concerned here. I've got Freudian Miami on slip. Sunday. Maybe you yes. should have Green Bay. Getting a little bit concerned. But, uh, you know, again, going against some of the movement here in this game, and, you know, it's a situation where I I just looked at what Green Bay did and had them on a teaser last week and won, and I'm not giving them a whole lot of credit for beating the team they beat. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was, I don't know, I don't want to call him garbage against the Raiders for three quarters, but he wasn't anything special. He was a new guy on a new team. Got a little bit too much hype out of Herb Street on the color for the first three quarters and then has the crazy final six or seven minutes of the game which he was helped out by that personal foul on the Raiders. So I didn't think that they would have that much of a challenge against the Rams in Green Bay without much of an offensive line with a defense that's banged up and a quarterback who had basically been uh, with the Rams for two weeks and they didn't have a problem 
but they're getting off again they're getting an awful lot of respect for those last two wins against so-so teams I, I look at Miami and I'm like going man they're back home they they played the you know one of the toughest schedules in all of football uh, they've got the number five yards per point margin in all of the NFL uh, they can throw the football and they can stop the run I love a team that can stop the run and I think for Green Bay to be able to win this game it's got to be more than Aaron Rodgers slinging the ball around the field because we don't know how you know how banged up his hand is if his thumb is injured he didn't really have to prove a whole lot last week against the Rams so if he has to throw the ball 35 times it's advantage Miami as far as I'm concerned I look at Green Bay what they've done on the road you know three covers and 10 road games Miami 12 and three against the number at home against teams with a losing record I love teams that take care of business against teams they are supposed to beat and that's what Miami has done uh, for the most part so that's a remaining play along with Monday Night Football, but of those two of the remaining plays that I have, uh, the Miami Dolphins would be the bigger play. What did uh, what what'd you lay with the Dolphins? Four? Four, yep. Okay. All right, so the Dolphins' bigger play, and it's hard to make a big play on the uh, the Colts on Monday night. Senator, how did the discussion go between uh, you and uh, Al McMorty when you're talking about the Colts? Because – I think that's a hard sell for a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, I was who was I talking with this morning? Michael Lombardi on the Lombardi line. And he liked the Colts. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had one contestant in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational, Joey Toons Fortuna, who's been red hot in the NFL. And he likes the Colts this week. But you're not hearing many people who like the Colts, which is okay with me. You don't want to be on the hot side necessarily. The Eagles were getting a little bit too popular uh, for sure. my liking late in the week. Everybody I talked to was on the Eagles. And, you know, a lot of people I respect on the Eagles, but still, uh, I'm okay if uh, the public wants to pile on the Chargers Monday yeah, night. Yeah, definitely. Right? Um, and for us, it was, I think, if I remember correctly, my partner, Al McMorty, had a little bit higher rating on the Colts than I did. Again, we rate them one to three, three being our best bet, so to speak. And I think he had a three and I had a one. And four points was enough to make them the final play uh, in the contest for us. So, it's not actually a personal play for me, the Indianapolis Colts. Contest. Uh, it's a lean and it's a contest play. And, um, you know, Nick Foles getting named the starter, I don't think it hurts this team a whole lot. I just, the reason it's not a personal play for me, and I, I the one point that I put on them is, is because it's a, a good spot for an NFL team going up against the Chargers. Plus, again, you're laying more than a field goal with the Chargers. And we've talked about that a million times. I don't see a big difference between Foles and Ryan as far as, you know, my numbers are concerned. It's a little scary that you're going to back a guy who's thrown one pass or been in one game in the last two years when it right. comes to Nick Foles. But because the team finds ways to lose, as we saw last week up 33-zip, has a horrible coaching staff right now and a bad head coach who shouldn't be a head coach, it was one of those situations where I'm like, okay, well, Ryan DeFoles is not that big of a difference. It's not enough to get me off of the Colts completely. Maybe not a personal play, but I can still use them in the contest. And I had talked about earlier on the show about I can understand why Folks are betting the Chargers, and I saw in a couple of books before I came down to the studio today, I've got about 25 books on my line service. A lot of them show the percentages of tickets and money, and there were a few books that had the Chargers anywhere from 68 to 72% of the tickets of the books I was looking at. And I, I just thought, you know, I could see why they're doing it, but there's no way they're going to get my money laying more than a field goal anywhere right now. Mm-hmm. And there's no Jonathan Taylor, by the way, for Foles to hand the ball to. Right. But how important is it when a team is 24th in rushing yards per game if their top running back is out? It's not that big of a difference anyway. As much as I like Jonathan Taylor, they're 24th in the league in rushing yards per game. So I don't put a big, you know, if this is a team that is, let's say, top 15 or top 10 and running the football and you lose 
that that workhorse of a running back, it adds, as far as my point totals are concerned and spreads are concerned and power ratings, it adds to that. But if they're bottom third or one of the bottom eight or nine teams in rushing the football, I really don't care that they're top running backs out. It doesn't matter to me. So threw that out of the mix. Run defense for the Chargers is not good. Uh, second worst in yards allowed per game. They give up about five and a half yards per carry. I think the backups for Indy will be okay. I just am concerned that at some point of this game, it's going to be fairly close, and Jeff Saturday and that staff are going to have to make a decision. That's scary. <laughs> so that's why it's not a personal play. You know, it's interesting because Jonathan Taylor led the NFL in rushing last year, and you would think sure. a guy like that going down at this point in the season would scare you off the Colts. It doesn't really scare me off the Colts. Right. Because you've got Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, Michael Pittman. you got different guys you can get the ball to. Sure. And it's, it's still a Chargers run defense that's going to struggle no matter who's on the other yeah. side. I'd rather Jonathan Taylor be out there, but he has not been out there in several games this season. Right. So we've already seen the Colts operate uh, without last year's leading rusher. I think <clears throat> what's going to happen here is that the Colts are going to find a way to move the ball effectively on the ground. Nick Foles is going to be, I hate to say game manager, but he's going to be efficient, a lot of short throws. Sure. They're not going to take a bunch of chances with a guy who hasn't played much the past couple of years, and the Colts are going to be in position to maybe win this game in the fourth quarter. How about this, uh, Scott? The Chargers have eight wins this season, only one by more than six points, yeah. and that was against the Texans. And again, last week when they were in the favorites role, very lethargic offensively and uh, barely got by a bad Titans team yeah. by a field goal. They gave up 100. I'm looking at my notes from last week here, Matt. They gave up 100, and let me find it again here, 163 yards on the ground to Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. who had no passing game to balance things out. Right. You know, they don't have to worry about getting beat deep in that passing game by Tennessee. So they give up a buck 60 there. And again, as I mentioned, I mean, you're giving up five and a half yards per carry. That's crazy. It's unheard of stuff at the NFL level, most college level too. But uh, so you got a team that's all of a sudden got to win basically by a touchdown to cover this point spread. They're not used to winning by that many points. They can't stop the run. I mean, the job is not that difficult for a guy in Nick Foles who knows the game. That's the one thing about him. You're not throwing somebody new out there. I know he's only played once or twice in the last couple of years, but you got a guy who's been all the way to the uh, promised land, so to speak, going to a Super Bowl. And because he's been a guy who has started three dozen games or whatever it's been in his career, it's a situation where he can get into that mix and not have that rust mean as much to him after maybe the first couple of drives. He should be able to be able to rely going against a team that can't stop the run and then do his stuff. And I think he brings a little bit of energy to the team that they wouldn't have had if Matt Ryan was well, back Well, that's the thing. That's why you make the switch, right? Sure. Maybe a new attitude, things right. like that. Because it was not – Matt Ryan is the fall – he's being made the fall guy for what happened last week, the largest collapse in NFL sure. history. But it was not his fault. Okay, no. Matt Ryan did not even throw a pick in that game right. against the Vikings. Scott, in, the, in an NFL game, when you have a 33-point lead at halftime <laughs> – you typically get five, maybe six possessions sure. and a half. It's almost mathematically impossible to blow that lead. And wasn't it about five minutes into the third <laughs> quarter they kicked a field goal to go up like 36 to 7? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like there's no way. I mean, okay, maybe Minnesota scores two touchdowns and kicks a field goal and the final score is, you know, 39 to 24 or something. Right. But, yeah, I mean, they're five minutes into the third quarter and they've kicked a field goal to answer a Minnesota score and yet still found a way to get beat. And you're right, that wasn't on Matt Ryan. And, and right from the get-go, I thought – this guy's going to take all the heat because he also had the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, you know, situation in, with Atlanta and New England. But Jeff Saturday, I mean, you, you said as an interim coach ever been fired. 
He should have just handed in his headset right there and said, listen, I'm going back to the, the studio. I'll broadcast and talk about games because that was terrible coaching. Saturday got off to a decent start. But now you're seeing that uh, yeah, he, he's not well-schooled and doesn't have enough experience in some of these game management situations. And that's unacceptable what happened last week. And when that happened, I thought – that's what I was sitting there thinking. Has, has an interim coach ever been fired? <laughs> because this might be the first time it could happen. And now they're talking about Jim Irsay might hire Saturday for the full-time job oh boy. next year. Anyway, uh, back with the final hour of the show. We're going to finish with a bang, so don't go anywhere. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.